0: Hi all, and welcome to the first ever podcast episode of Healing Hearts and Spirits. And it may be the last one. I don't know if I'm going to stick with that name yet even or not. But the uh, main thing I'm trying to do here, I guess, is kind of test out an idea and maybe a, a little of the, uh, the recording equipment, such as it is. So just in a nutshell, what, what this thing is about for me is um, I feel like it's kind of a calling. You know, I've got this, uh, I've, I've always had a. I guess a healing heart, you know, I've, I've wanted to be helpful to people. I've, I've always wanted anyone I know and, 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 and love to feel loved. And yeah, you know, that's not always easy to do, uh, with someone for someone. And there's a whole lot of different levels of healthy and shades of gray in that. And, you know, a lot of nuances that, uh, that I've had to learn and, and, uh, or, and, or relearn or unlearn if is the case, maybe, um, throughout my life. And so as I get to a, uh, at least what I identify as a healthier place, um, you know, the, the more valuable uh, tools and lessons I pick up, the more I want to share. So the cool thing about a podcast is you're, you're more than welcome to shut it off at any time and I'll never even know the difference. So you're not gonna hurt my feelings or offend me. I promise. (laughs) So, um, ultimately my vision for this, this idea is assuming it, you know, it goes well and, and gets any kind of any kind of response or reaction would be to uh, you know do call in interviews or scheduled interviews. You know, not necessarily random callers. It's not quite a radio show uh, kind of setup, but you know, talking to different people with uh, hopefully you know, lots of different views on on what it looks like to be uh, ultimately. I think it's a, to be in a relationship, yeah, I and mean, whether that's a you know, a romantic relationship, a spiritual relationship, a friendship, a, a parent-child dynamic, whatever whatever that looks like, whatever form that takes that's that's prevalent in someone's life, I would like to think that, um, you know, any of our individual lessons and in, in growth could be applied on, on some level uh, to, to virtually any type of relationship. And just, uh, I guess in this episode, I'll To cover a little of my backstory, what brought me down this road and and, uh, to where I'm at today, and hopefully is going to continue, you know, moving me forward and and continue that growth probably right up until the day I die, I would assume. Um, I came out of my childhood in, uh, like many of us, I think, in sort of a, a survival state, you know, I found. Chemistry, alcohol and other drugs early on in life and, and really kind of, they were, they were my fix all my, you know, the, my go-to solution to any problem. If I wasn't feeling okay, it didn't really matter. If I had to drink it, snort it, smoke it, pop it, or have sex with it, I was, I was going to do it. Um, if that's what it took to feel better, you know, or or even to feel different sometimes. Sometimes it wasn't even about feeling better. It was just about feeling different and, so that's, you know, that's where I came from. Um, that toolkit, that survival mode, when I took it on as a little kid, you know, probably somewhere between four and six years old, was probably absolutely brilliant for that kid, you know, who really didn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of real power or influence over his own moment-to-moment existence. Uh, but to bring that same kind of set of tools into adulthood there's a point where it becomes pretty dysfunctional. And, and in my experience, it, in, until it's recognized until it's really genuinely, um, no longer acceptable to, to deal with others that way, to feel that way, to, you know, to be that, uh, that manipulative mask wearing facade of a human being, um, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. And, I had to come to a point in my in my adulthood where, uh, you know, one one bad romance, you know, romantic relationship after another, several marriages, um, and lots of you know shorter term relationships in between those marriages. It, I finally had to look at the fact uh, inside of my in the context of my own recovery uh, around alcohol and other drugs, and working through this twelve step program. I finally had to take a look at the fact at, at some point that I might actually have some small part to play. I might have some influence in this whole relationship thing. And I, I think that there was a, a really important defining moment for me in that. And it was, uh, I was working with my sponsor at that time, Joe, and Joe was a great guy. Joe was a just a, a really, truly loving, honest human being. And he wasn't the kind of guy that was out to hurt me or, or to, uh, you know, he wasn't playing any kind of shock games or, or, or any of that. But, but if I ask him a question, he was going to do his absolute best to give me an honest answer. And that's one thing I could always rely on with Joe. And, uh, this is back in, gosh, what's it been now? This is back in probably 2013. Possibly even to I think it was yeah it was 2013 it was coming out coming out, rapidly approaching the, what ended up being the end of my third and and uh, to date at least final marriage And in utter despair I remember calling Joe up one day and asking him Joe how how is it even possible that I've never met the right woman now Joe's a Texan and he sounds like he's six foot ten and. You know, 350 pounds. He's in reality he's about five eight and, and a buck forty probably, but but he's got this big Texan presence. And he says, Well, little buddy, you've never introduced her to the right man. And that just stopped me dead in my tracks. It floored me. And and it's a funny thing about about truth that I, I don't I don't think it resonated with me intellectually, because I really didn't get what he was saying. I, I think I took it on as you know, I, I'm not the right man. So, you know, I haven't introduced you to the right man and that, that's really not what he was saying. It turns out. Um, but regardless, even before I began to wrap my head around it, what I, what I n- realized from that moment was, was that what he was saying was true. It was absolutely true. And I didn't understand completely yet um, and wouldn't for quite some time. Not sure that I completely understand today, but, Um, you know, I didn't, didn't fully understand yet what that meant, uh, but I believed it was true. And I made a a firm resolution to myself that I was going to quit looking for the right woman and I was going to do whatever it took to become the right man. And that, that, uh, lofty goal, you know, started out from a place of this desperate kind of Wanting, needing, uh, just messy place of, of feeling like I just I needed something else. I needed something from somebody, from another human being, in order to to feel happy, fulfilled, complete. Um, you know, all those romantic kind of sick ideas that we pick up in in uh, in our growing up process and in, in society today. And um, it, it's funny how that how that sort of shifted, but in that process, I I made the decision not to engage in any kind of romantic relationship, no matter what. My number one rule was, if I'm attracted to her, she's got to go. I'm staying as far away from her, whoever that her happens to be at the moment, as I can get. Because for sure, she's going to be a mess. And I still didn't understand why that was, but I, I just had to grab onto that simple truth and hold onto it for dear life. What I didn't want to do is a repeat. I didn't want to have to try to learn the same old lesson one more time. And, uh, and I really held onto that for dear life. And in in my first year in this journey, I, I kind of always carried around this background fear that, you know, I might really never wind up in a, in a healthy, loving relationship. And then the next year, at some point, something shifted, and the next year, I, I got increasingly fearful that I might somehow accidentally slip up and wind up in a relationship again, <laughs> and, and I didn't want that. It just the the very even the thought of it just terrified me. And somewhere around year two, so 2017, I suppose. Um, I'm sorry, 2000. It would have been 2015, uh, Joe kind of insisted that I get back out there and date. And, and I was just like, no, I, Joe, no, I, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to, I'm not interested. I don't need that. I'm perfectly happy where I'm at. I've learned everything I want to learn and everything I need to learn about relationships. And, uh, and he said, buddy, you, you've learned everything you're going to learn about relationships without being in one. And I can promise you, you haven't learned everything you need to learn about relationships and he just harped on me and pushed me. And and finally, I get out, I, I throw my profile and I think, at, I don't know, Christian Mingle or eHarmony or one of those. And I jump back in and, and start dating a little bit. And I, and I walked into this with this um, just nagging fear that I, it was actually really specific uh, that I would I would meet someone, I'd invest in them emotionally, I'd fall in love, and Then I'd find out that they're cheating on me with their ex-boyfriend. It was that specific. And it was, it was that, that came from my third marriage without getting into a whole lot of gory detail that happened several times in that marriage. And I had never experienced anything quite like that. Certainly never experienced that level of pain, um, in my perception at the time dished out by another human being. And so that, you know, I guess that was a, maybe a somewhat rational fear. I don't know. Um, Funny thing, I got into a relationship after a, a few. So funny thing, I got into a relationship after a few months of dating around, meeting different people, um, and we were probably I want to say three and a half, maybe four months into into a relationship, and it, it had gotten fairly serious. It was somewhat long distance. I think we were I don't know uh, about an hour away from each other, so it wasn't terrible, and we got to see each other quite a bit. And uh, there there was some talk about. Uh, her moving closer uh, over, well, not closer in, moving in with me. (laughs) And, uh, um, all of a sudden we hit this kind of wall and my, my little red flag meter starts maxing out and I start getting some real fears around there's something going on. You know, I just had this intuition. I knew there was something going on and, uh, and I, I just asked her point blank. I, I, one thing that had shifted in me is I was absolutely unwilling to sit there fearing anything. You know, whether it was real or not, I just needed to know. I wanted to just get through this and experience what I had to experience and move on. So I asked her, and, and thank God she was actually honest with me. And guess what? She had uh, she had started seeing her ex-boyfriend again. And they were, <laughs> they were rekindling a relationship. She was sleeping with him. And... And oh man, it just, it felt like I'd just been kicked in the gut by a Clydesdale. And the funny thing is this though, I, I didn't get angry at her. I didn't call her names. I didn't even hang up on her. I think I, I just had this, um, it's like I had this whisper in my heart to, to keep things civil, you know, that regardless of what she had done, that didn't require me to step outside of who I am and who I want to be. Um and I don't I don't want to be that. I don't want to be vindictive. I don't want to fight. I don't want to call names. It just it's just not me. And so I kept it real civil and I genuinely wished her the best and told her I loved her and I hope she found, you know, whatever it is she needed. And uh, and hung up the phone with her and the pain hit and I instead of trying to run away from it, hide from it, deny it, um, God forbid run to another relationship to, to mask it, throw a bandaid on it, any of that stuff. I actually remember making a conscious and intentional decision to lean into it and feel it and, uh, to experience it. And, and what I realized it, and, and that, that pain, honestly, the, the severe portion of that pain lasted me maybe half a day and I started to feel this immense freedom coming out of the other side of it because what i realized at that at that moment was what i'd been fearing was really not this specific experience what i'd been fearing at depth was my reaction to it if that happened what was i going to do with it because the reality is the cheating was not the problem in my marriage the problem was my desperate need to make that relationship into something that it had never been, to somehow force this woman that I was supposedly in love with and married to, um, to fill a role that that she had never had never been meant to fill. Because the fact is I was in love with and married to a fantasy. I, I, I'd never met the actual person really that I was married to. And uh and as Joe had said, I'd never introduced her to me. And and the fact is it wasn't because I wasn't the right man. This is where this little mystery kind of starts to come clear for me. It was never that I wasn't the right man. It was that I didn't know me. I didn't know myself. I didn't really have any, any real sense of identity about who I am, whose I am, what it is I'm called to do. Um, (laughs) what it is I want to bring into the lives of others and what it is I'm willing to accept from them. And you can't introduce someone that you don't know. So ultimately, this whole journey from, from the very first moment to that very defining moment to a whole lot after, between, between then and now, you know, in this past, what, five years since the end of that little flash in the pan of a relationship Ultimately, that journey comes down to me. Um, what, what really defines it is, is it, it's a journey of exploration of God, of my relationship with God, and, and ultimately my relationship with myself. Um, a dear Christian friend of mine said once, and it, and it's, it just resonated through me, that it, it, it's something I always refer back to in my own heart and mind, that Jesus didn't come here to bring us a new set of rules. He didn't come here to change the rules. He came here to change hearts. And it's that ripple effect that's been rolling through humanity ever since those times. He's still changing those hearts today. And I can say that for sure for myself because he's changed mine. And, uh, And that's nothing short of a miracle and something I can share some other time that, that was a little earlier on in the journey. But, um, anyways, I, I don't know where this is all going to go. I don't know for sure why I'm feeling so called to do this, this crazy podcast thing or, you know, what it's going to turn into or where it's going to go from here. But, um, I will say, I really appreciate you joining me on this first maiden voyage. And I hope that you got something out of it. Um, if you didn't, maybe give me another try, you know, maybe next time I can have someone else on the show and not just me. So I'm not, uh, I'm not monopolizing your time exclusively. Um, if you did, thanks. And, uh, gosh, gosh, I guess share the link if you think anyone else might benefit. Thanks and God bless. Bye-bye.